Let's turn to the scriptures this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Turning to John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, followed by verses 25 and 26. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Verse 25, 26. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Praise the Lord. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. When you speak into our lives, our lives are revived and rejuvenated. We pray that the Spirit of God will have full, complete rule and reign in this place. To God be the glory. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name and we declare victory. Thank you, Father. To Christ be the glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, You Got Help. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you got help. Amen. We all like to be independent and self-sufficient. And I believe that all of us are to a degree able. But everyone will experience moments and seasons in our lives. Regardless of how able we are, we would need somebody's help. Now imagine if the one that comes to your aid or help is incompetent. Or imagine someone who comes to your aid or help is not able or doesn't have the potential to assist you. What will go through your mind? But on the same text, if it is someone who is able, your life, my life, can be in such a better place that we will admire and appreciate the help that we have received. When you take into consideration who, when, and what this statement was being made to, you will understand how important the words of Jesus were, not only to his closest disciples, but to every one of us who are the disciples of Jesus Christ. Imagine you are in the middle of a lake and it's pitch dark and the waves and the winds are crashing against your boat and it seems there is no glimmer of hope around. It seems as if you're going to go down. At that moment, someone comes to help you. And gets you out of that predicament. How grateful you would be. Or. You are in a jam. In a bad place. You were involved in a ministry. Someone brought someone who was sick to you. And you were asked as a disciple. As a child of Jesus. To lay your hands on them and pray. And you did. And nothing happened. And people questioned you and questioned what you've been preaching and what you've been teaching. But at the nick of the moment, help comes to you. And there is a healing manifested there. What goes through your mind? Or just imagine you are broke, unemployed, 
When you put your hands in your pocket, nothing but lint comes out. But then someone comes and pay for you. What goes through your mind? The disciples sitting around Jesus who is telling them that, listen, I'm going to leave pretty soon. A few hours down the road, Jesus is going to leave them, depart them. And all the exuberance and victory and all the, all the accolades that they have experienced for the last three and a half years is going to just poof, go out of the window. When Jesus said, I'm going to leave you. But then Jesus gives them a promise saying, listen, it's true that I'm leaving you, but I'm going to send you a help who is going to be with you, is going to be with you for ever. Praise God. That's what Jesus tells his disciples as he's preparing to depart from the world, having fulfilled the mandate that is being given to him. So listen to what Jesus is telling them, and I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Wow. When you read that term, I will pray the Father. It simply means I'm going to ask the Father. Jesus is saying, I'm going to ask the Father to give you another helper. For the last three and a half years, I was the one with you. I was leading you, spearheading every ministry and every project. You leaned on me as your help. But as I leave, I'm going to send another helper to you who's going to live with you forever. As children of God, we experience moments of loneliness. Moments when we are desperate. Moments when we are disillusioned. Moments when we can be depressed. When we go through such moments and seasons in our lives, the word of God that Jesus spoke to his disciples is applicable to us. We have another helper with us. One version says the comforter. The Greek term parakletos is used, meaning one who comes to our side. One who comes along to our side, available to help us. If there is anyone in the house this morning who is feeling lonely, thinking that no one cares for you, that you are out there all by yourself, perhaps from the worldly perspective it could be true. You cannot feel, you cannot see, you cannot hear anyone coming to your side or simply you cannot experience someone's comforting touch to help you, to boost you, to encourage you. But this morning from God's eternal word, we want to give you the assurance Jesus said that there is a help that is available for you that's with you 24-7. He's not only with you, he is in you. He is a competent helper, one who is able to pull you out of any jam, any predicament, any tight spot that you are in. Even if there is no one from a worldly perspective that you can lean on to, there is one who abides within you that you can trust, you can bank, because Jesus said he is with you, abiding with you forever. Meaning, he's not a seasonal buddy. Regardless of what season you are in, 
maybe on the height of the mountain, tip of the mountain, or deep down in the valley. He is there with you, not to depart you, not to desert you, but abiding with you. Praise the Lord. Jesus says, I'm going to send you a helper. The Greek word, it means helper, this, another same kind of helper. Just like Jesus was with them, the one that is sent to the disciples' aid, to your aid, to my aid, is one who has the same kind of potential that Jesus had. Praise the Lord. Quite often when we read help, what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? But when you read this text, we, you and I have to come to a place where we understand the person that the Bible talks about. The person, who is this person who comes to our aid? Praise the Lord. The person, the comforter, the helper. Who is this person? Not only the person, but the power of this person. The person, the power, the potential, and the program of this person. When you have an in-depth understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the potential of the Holy Spirit, and the program of the Holy Spirit, you will come to a place where you will stand in awe of the one that has been sent to our aid. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you have an in-depth understanding of this person who has been sent to your aid? What is your understanding about this person? Praise the Lord. When you understand the provision that God has provided for us, the provision, you will marvel at the wonder of what God is doing for us. It's a fact that the Lord saved us. Salvation as a gift we enjoy and we cherish. God doesn't just simply save us and leave us high and dry. But he has given us, made provision for us to live a God kind of life on this earth. What does that mean? The provisions have been made so that you and I can be victorious just like our Savior was victorious. We'll come to that. In a moment. Praise the Lord. So we want to understand as the Bible unveils the help or the spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit, the person of Holy Spirit, the potential of Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the program or the performance of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And so to understand, we look into the scripture as to who Jesus is talking about. In the, Old, in the Old Testament, more than 100 times there is reference made to the Spirit of God. In the New Testament, more than 250 times reference has been made to the Spirit of God who is called here as the Helper. Who is this Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is God and is equal to the Father and the Son. Let me repeat. Holy Spirit is God and is equal to God the Father and God the Son. Sometimes 
we speak carelessly and casually when we talk about Holy Spirit. We talk about him as an influence or how often people refer to him as it. Holy Spirit is not simply an influence or an it. Holy Spirit is God himself. Praise the Lord. When you study the Bible, you can understand that he is God the Holy Spirit and is set forth in the Bible as being distinct from the Father and the Son. You see in creation itself in Genesis, in the account of creation, the Holy Spirit is actively involved in creation. When you come to chapter 6, we see that the Holy Spirit mediated God's moral and ethical will on the earth. When you study the Old Testament, Israel as a nation, you understand that he was active among God's people as a nation. When you understand that he was also actively involved in the lives of individuals, inspiring the prophets and the servants of God to reveal God's will orally and in a written format. When you understand Holy Spirit's work in the Old Testament, we understand that his ministry was temporary and task-oriented. In the Old Testament, Holy Spirit's ministry was temporary and task-oriented, meaning in the Old Testament, he empowered men and women to fulfill a particular task or an assignment that was given to them. The Holy Spirit will come upon men and women, empower them, fulfill the assignment that was given to them, and then he would leave. Can you give me an example from the scripture where in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon men and women empowered them for an assignment or a task, and then would depart. Samson, very good. As a judge, the Holy Spirit will come upon him when there was challenges around him that he could not, by his own natural power, overcome them. The Holy Spirit would come upon him, empower him, and he would override every challenges that came upon them. Okay, so that was manifested against enemies. Now give me an example where the Holy Spirit came upon people, enabling them to do creative things. Yes? Bezaliel and Aholiab. See, quite often, we always equate the work of the Holy Spirit to doing things which are of great exploit in only in a physical manner, meaning defeating the enemy or overcoming the enemy. But the Holy Spirit's function and work is so broad that the Bible says God put his spirit upon Bezalel and Aholiab and gave them unique skills, creative artisans work to be done as God had asked Moses to be done in building the tabernacle. Listen, the function of the Holy Spirit cannot be just confined to one small area. Quite often, we as God's children, we confine the function of the Holy Spirit to worship and to service within the body of Christ. It's much more than that. The Spirit of God can give you creative abilities to, to enable you to do things that are unique in nature. Praise the Lord. 
About Joseph, it is said that the spirit of God was upon him. And the presence of God's spirit in Joseph was so unique that God, that God used him as an instrument that brought solution to a worldwide problem. Don't limit Holy Spirit. You can be an instrument if you yield yourself to the work of God. Each one of us are unique in the sight of God. The problem is, we quite often want to compare ourselves to someone else. Don't compare yourself to someone else. You are unique in your call. You are unique in your make. You are unique in your disposition. You are unique in what God has designed for you. And in that uniqueness, when you yield yourself to the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes and empowers you, embellishes you, equips you, energizes you, enriches you to become what God wants you to become. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, there is another character in the Bible whom the, the, the people around him said that the spirit of God is in him. Who is this? Daniel. See, and in the book of Daniel, you see, you read, those who know their God shall do great exploits. Guys, you write down, you're saying that you want to do great exploits for Jesus. Tell your neighbor, I want to do great exploits for Jesus. When you think, what is this great exploits for Jesus? Is it only confined to what happens within the bounds of church? No, think beyond it. God can make you a blessing to the world around you. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine? If God is to make you a blessing through innovation, through inventions, through discovery, through various kinds of ability God has given you, you can be the point person who can draw people to God. Praise the Lord. So don't limit the person, Holy Spirit. Let me run. Old Testament, the work of the Holy Spirit was task-driven. But in the New Testament, it is person, people-driven. Praise the Lord. In the, Holy, in, in the Old Testament, based on the assignment that was given to people, the Holy Spirit was sent upon them to empower them to fulfill the task. When Bezalel and Aholia finished the task, then they did not need to use their creative work. But you and I, the Bible says, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will indwell us for a season, for an assignment. No, for ever. Praise Isn't that beauty? Praise the Lord. So when you come to the New Testament, the Holy Spirit role significantly changes in the New Testament. Praise the Lord. The giving of the Holy Spirit does what? Huh? Change everything in men and women, giving them an ability to live a God-pleasing life and to fulfill the assignment that is given to them. Praise the Lord. Listen, for this to understand, we need to look at Jesus carefully. The one who satisfied the Father perfectly. Did Jesus satisfy the Father perfectly? This is my beloved son whom in whom I am well pleased. How many times? How many occasions? Praise the Lord. Okay. So when Jesus starts his ministry, the father testifies that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Just before he enters or he goes up to the cross, you hear the father testifying. Now, 
Jesus pleased the Father perfectly. Okay? In his human life on the earth, he pleased the Father perfectly and satisfied the divine demand of justice. Praise the Lord. Through his sacrificial death. Now, the same spirit or Jesus, he indwells his followers through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. See, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and he indwells the believers not to leave them, but to fill them and empower them for the service that God has called them out to be. Praise the Lord. Now, when you understand the person and the potential of the Holy Spirit, that's when we will marvel at what God has done for us and we can yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. When you study the scripture, you understand the potential of the Holy Spirit. Hmm? The Spirit of God, he is co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent with the Father and the Son. Let me repeat. The Holy Spirit is, repeat after me, the Holy Spirit is co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent with the Father and the Son. So don't belittle him. Praise the Lord. For us to understand his potential, the scripture unveils the potential of the Spirit of God. The writer Psalmy says in Psalm 139, 7 to 10, he says, the psalmist says, where can I hide from his presence? Regardless where I go, he is there with me. It talks about the omnipresent attribute of the Holy Spirit. Luke 135 talks about his all power, meaning he is an omnipotent power to be reckoned. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11, Apostle Paul says, the spirit, he knows everything. The deep things of God, meaning he's omniscient. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 9, 14 says, this Holy Spirit is eternal. So, I want you to look at Holy Spirit, who's been sent to your aid and my aid, one who is with us and in us, his potential is what? He is omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, and he is eternal. Praise the Lord. Now, in relationship to Jesus Christ, this is very important that we understand. We see his deity is seen in his relationship to life and ministry of Jesus Christ. I want you to pay this close attention to this. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Luke 1.35 Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit for the service. Acts 10.38 Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 4.1 Jesus was crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 9. 14. Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 11. Jesus gave commandments to the apostles and the church through the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 2. Listen. If Jesus needed to depend upon the Holy Spirit during his life and ministry on the earth, can we afford to do anything less? Praise the Lord. I'll come. Let's look at what the Bible says. This is what Jesus says. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, another helper in bracket of the same kind, who has the same potential power as 
God himself, for he is God. Praise the Lord. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He dwells with you and will be in you. Praise the Lord. He dwells with you and he will be in you. Where is, if you are a believer, where is the Holy Spirit? Where is the Holy Spirit? Where is the Holy Spirit? We are so hesitant to say it, right? Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit indwells a believer. Praise the Lord. When you open your heart to Jesus to come into your heart, praise the Lord. You are sealed by the Spirit as God's property. You are God's possession. Now, I don't know what you think about yourself. Every time you look in the mirror, I don't know what you think about yourself. But if you're a born-again believer, you are God's possession. Praise the Lord. God's Holy Spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit is upon you, whereby heaven testifies that you belong to him exclusively. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Meaning, God will back up, praise the Lord, what belongs to him. You are his possession. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't look at yourself in, 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 a, in an inferior way. You are the son and the daughter of the king of kings. Praise the Lord. That ought to boost our image. Praise the Lord. At the same time, the Bible teaches us that he has deposited his spirit within us, guaranteeing what is yet to come. Meaning, the redemption of our bodies are not taking place yet, but the Holy Spirit has been given as a down payment within our heart. God is saying, I am going to fulfill what I have promised. Praise the Lord. The deposit of the Holy Spirit within you is a guarantee that God gives that he who has begun a good work in you, praise the Lord, hallelujah, he is able and is faithful to bring it to fruition until the day of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. So don't look at yourself as someone who is not able, but Look yourself as what God can do in and through you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says you and I are the temple of the living God where the Holy Spirit indwells us. See, sometimes we forget this, don't we? We forget this and because of that, we are careless as to how we conduct ourselves. What we say what we think, how we conduct ourselves, how we deal with people, all these things we forget. But when we are reminded that the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit is in residence within us, it just changes our outlook. It changes the way we carry ourselves. Next time, when you feel moody, next time, when you feel like, you know, you don't feel good or you don't feel like treating others good, remember who you are, who is in residence within you. Next time when you look at someone differently, remember who you are. And if that person is a believer, you also need to understand that that person within him is what? The presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think of a person that you're not very crazy about. Okay? Think about a person you're not very crazy about. Maybe that's, that's me. It's okay. It's me. Praise the Lord. I don't want to say that you don't like a person. Okay? Well, you're not crazy about that person. Or 
in your mind you have a person that but imagine you look at that person and you say the same Holy Spirit that indwells within me indwells in that person and when you look at that person from that perspective I want to challenge you what goes through your mind what goes through your mind would you feel like punching that person would you feel like double crossing that person would you feel like backstabbing that person would you feel like running over that person would you look at that person lustfully oh but think about it when you look at a person and you realize the presence of Holy Spirit in that person hands off hands off be careful what you are dealing with because that person has been sealed by the God of heaven Praise Lord. the almighty God has put his seal of ownership upon that person Ooh. our outlook will change our outlook will change next time when you look at someone and says I don't like that person you think that whether you like that person or not God loves that person I would just change the way we think we behave the reason sometimes we behave and think negatively is because we forget who we are and who they are praise the Lord regardless of how handsome that person is or how ugly that person is if God deemed it fit to send his son for him for her to die on that cross of Calvary that means heaven is saying that that person is precious to me okay let me run that was a thought that just jumped in not part of my notes okay here for he dwells with you and he will be in you praise the Lord the disciples had experienced the dwelling of the Holy Spirit when they were with Jesus but now Jesus is saying that you are going to experience Holy Spirit in a totally new way when he comes to indwell you praise the Lord hallelujah do you have that assurance that Holy Spirit indwells you regardless of how crappy you feel about yourself I want you to look at God's word and this is the words of Jesus the Holy Spirit indwells a believer praise the Lord that thought itself when it governs our mind it will just change our life completely praise the Lord see when the Holy Spirit comes first what he does with an unbeliever he convicts them of sin I will get into detail next week I'll just touch this and I will go but when, he, when you open your heart to Jesus he comes and he indwells you but when you study the scripture further we understand that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and when you go further and understand what Jesus taught his disciples Jesus speaks of still further relationship that the believer has with the Holy Spirit and that is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me praise the Lord see it is one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you and it is quite another to have the Holy Spirit flowing out of you as rivers of living water praise the Lord hallelujah think about it do you when you look at yourself do you think that you and I had anything of ourselves 
merit on ourselves, by ourselves, where God chose me and you to be a vessel where he puts his Holy Spirit within us. Imagine that. Do we have anything of our own as a merit where God Almighty decided that he will put his spirit within our hearts? Nothing of our own, but because of the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Now, go further. Those who believe out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. In other words, now, you move into a next realm where you become a channel of blessing to others. Praise the Lord. Indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit having control of our lives and using us in a manner that pleases God and fulfills the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, this spirit who is a person, who is powerful, who has potential, who can do great things, he is where? He is with us. He is in us. I want you to draw your attention to 14, 25, 26 quick. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. I want to present to you as I conclude today three ways he will help. Now, there are multiple other ways that will, God willing, we'll touch some other time. Next week, probably. Three ways. Okay? Now, listen to this carefully. He will teach you all things. What is all things? What comes to your mind when you hear the word A-L-L? All things. What is all things? Tell me. All things. He will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. What comes to your mind? He will teach you all things. Come on, church. He will teach you all things. Thank you. All things concerning life and godliness. Not all things concerning godliness alone, but all things concerning life and godliness. Sometimes when we think all things, we confine all things to Genesis to Revelation. What does that mean? What does that mean? Genesis to Revelation means what? Tell me. Ah, the scripture, only scripture. That's it. Only scripture. But Jesus said, when he comes, he will teach you all things. Who is an expert in all things? Now, I know that there, is, there are experts here. There are experts here in, in medicine. There are experts here in technology. There are experts here in engineering. There are experts here in theology. You know, everyone has their unique fields of expertise, right? But who is an expert in all things? God is an expert in all things. And Jesus is saying... When he comes, he will teach you all things. Think about it. That's something to mull over. Okay? Now, let's move on. Okay? What else? Jesus says when he comes, he will bring into remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, when you look at the Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know, how do you think? You think these guys were... As they were walking around with Jesus, they were documenting everything. How many of you guys have seen The Chosen? You're watching The Chosen, I'm watching The Chosen. Okay. Well, Matthew is seen documenting everything. That's a good, good um, imagination. But to document everything that Jesus said, just think about it. Think about it. The parables, the teachings... The doctrines, everything has been written down. Jesus said, when the Spirit comes, he will 
remind you of all things that I have taught you. You want to understand the depth of it, you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you realize the depth of it. You see the words of Jesus, you see the works of Jesus, you see the ways of Jesus, you see the wonders of Jesus. Now, I am speaking, right? Suppose I spoke for half an hour. And half an hour later, I gave you a pen and said, write down everything I said. How many of us can do that? How many of us can do that? No. Even if we were to look at the recording and start writing it down, it is such, a, such an enormous task. But we see the disciples that documented because the Holy Spirit was with them and reminded them everything that Jesus taught them. Now, how is that applicable to us today? When you and I read the scriptures, the Bible says that the scriptures are Holy Spirit inspired, God breathed, Spirit inspired. When you read the scripture and you store this in your mind at the right time, at the right place, at the right moment, the Holy Spirit will remind you a scripture that is applicable to your situation. That's practical. That's why we keep saying, come to Sunday school, come to Awana, read the scripture. Why? Because the Holy Spirit that lives within you will pull out a scripture that is applicable to your situation, regardless of what, where, how you are in that situation. Praise the Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, the third thing, when you read John chapter 15, 26, Jesus said, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is what? Is the spirit of truth. Spirit of truth. Now, this is very important that we understand. The Holy Spirit has been presented to us as an answer to overcoming and undoing the work of Satan, the great deceiver, the father of all lies. Praise the Lord. Jesus calls the helper that is sent to empower you and enable you. He calls him as the spirit of Truth, praise the Lord. Now, if the spirit of truth is in you and with you, the spirit of truth will enable you to discern the lies of Satan, to discern and understand the devices, the schemes, the booby traps of Satan that has been set to bring forth your downfall. The world around us is a web of lies. There's a lot of deception going around. To live a life free of deception, Jesus said he's going to send an helper, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, to help us to navigate through this maze of deception. Deceptions? Yeah. Deceptions in what field? Deceptions in doctrines. Deceptions in teachings. There are so many different kinds of doctrines and teachings out there. If you don't have the Holy Spirit with you, the spirit of truth with you, and if you do not indulge yourself in John 17, 17, the word of God is truth, praise God, you will not be able to discern between a lie and a truth. So the Holy Spirit has been sent to my aid, your aid, so that you and I can discern the right doctrines, the right teachings of Jesus Christ. Because there are a lot of different kinds of teachings around us. We, we have to be strong Christians. We have to have found, we need to understand our foundational principles. Deceive, deceiving where else? In faith and in family. In faith and in family. Listen. Family. Think about family. What is the deception going on in the family? 
What constitutes as a family is being redefined. Redefined by the culture, redefined by the society. And if you don't have the Spirit's voice in your ears, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we are not able to discern the deception of the enemy. Our children, our generations are bombarded with an alternate different kind of living. What constitutes as a family is being rewritten. And unless we have the ministry of the Holy Spirit active in us, we will not be able to discern the deception of the enemy. Today, because there is a novelty to what is being presented, you and I may be able to look at it and say, this is not of God, this is not the scripture, because this is not what we've been doing. But eventually, anything when it becomes a norm, listen to me carefully, church. Anything when it becomes a norm, it becomes acceptable. And if the church doesn't lean on the ministry of the spirit of truth, anybody will be taken for a ride. And so we need to learn to listen to the spirit of truth and train our children to listen to the spirit of truth. It starts by spending quality time with him in prayer, in devotion, in reading of God's word and the fellowship of saints. Praise the Lord. Let me run. Deception in friends and finance. Deception in friends and finance. Unless we have the Holy Spirit listening to him, we will not be able to differentiate between a friend and a foe. Not everyone who comes to us in friendly terms are friends. And we need to know the deception of the enemy. Finance, what does that mean? The other day somebody told me, they got a call from the IRS. How many of you guys got called from the IRS? Almost all of us. One day I was, I was on a long trek driving four hours. And I got a call from, I had somebody sitting next to me and I had a call from the IRS. I thought, Lord, it's a long drive, so why don't I keep talking? Normally I don't even talk, I just, so I just kept talking. It was a good, you know, it was just a good conversation. I said, oh, really? Oh, really? So he thought that he's taking me for a ride and I was taking him for a ride and we both were on a ride. So we kept talking. Almost an hour. Yes, almost an hour. And uh, I played the dumb game and just went on and on and on. So the, the, there was a pastor sitting next to me. He's going to look at him. It's strange. What the hell is going on with him? So I said, just listen. Finally, you know, these guys, they call from all over the world. And India is one place that they call from. And if you listen carefully, the accent gives away. You need to be very careful. Now, you know, when people talk, they can tell whether you're from the Brooklyn or you're from the Bronx. You're from up north or you're down south. All right? Everybody has a unique accent. Whether you are born in America or you are born in, in Australia. You know? Whether you are a Dundee or you are a, you know, an American, everybody has an accent. So finally... The fellow is talking to me, and there's a slip here and a slip there. You know, they, they, they read the script, and they make it sound as if it's somebody from here. And after a few slips, I just pinpointed, and I said, hey, are you calling from this place? This guy was like, I could hear pin drop silence on the other end. And then I spoke his language to him, and that was the end of it. What am I saying? Finance. Recently, one of the sisters told me that she got a call telling her that she needs to wire money right away. And somebody 
I know multiple cases where they got, they were taken for a ride. What am I saying? If you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit will give you what? Red flags. Trigger the red flags and tell you, hey, 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 hey. Sometimes we are so much in depth into Netflix and Kyrie's and YouTube's and Amazon Prime's and, 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 and what's up that you don't hear What keeps us sharp is this. When you trade this for everything else. And when we say these things, people think, oh, you're narrow-minded, this and that. Yeah, it's, it's not because narrow-minded. This keeps you sharp. All the other things dulls your hearing. Praise the Lord. Discern between love and lust. Love and lust is not the same. Discern between vanity and pride. There is so much influence of social media on the church. Social media is a good thing. Use it as a tool to glorify God. Use it as a tool to glorify God. Use the social media. Pass on good messages. This morning we got a good message. I'm waiting for the church to end to pass it on to the church. Use your social media for to pass on messages that are good for people. Good for, it's, it's a good edification. It builds people up. It encourages people. It glorifies God. Today's social media is used simply to draw attention to people, to themselves. Self wants to be glorified, not Christ, praise Lord. It's a kind of deception, whether you want to believe it or not. What kind of a transmitter are you? Listen to me, church. What kind of a transmitter are you? What are you using your platform? Are you transmitting matters that are beneficial to mankind? Are you transmitting matters and contents that glorify God? If the spirit of truth is in residence within us, then that spirit of truth encourages us to become transmitters of truth. Transmitters that edify people. Transmitters that glorify people. Transmitters that redirect people to God. Everything else is a deception. Maybe you can't see it right now, but it's a spiral downward motion. Praise God if you don't check yourself by the spirit of truth. So what Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, he, when he, when the spirit of truth comes, he shall lead you into all the truth. Do you know what the enemy wants to do? Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What is the thief trying to do? He's trying to rob you of the most valuable possessions you have. Rob you of your most valuable possessions that you have. What is that valuable possession? Your eternal life. Your standing with God. Praise God. Your eligibility in the presence of God. The enemy wants to bring in doubt and confusion and chaos. Confuse you and deceive you and derail you from the purpose of God. He uses so many different methods 
from selfish vanity to pride to dangerous dabbling in occults. He wants to turn people away from truth and life that brings true happiness God's way, the spirit of truth. When he comes, he shall lead you into all the truth. Praise the Lord. Shall we close our eyes for a minute? You got help. Do you know why you got help? Because he knows you can't make it without the help. You cannot make it without help. I need help. You need help. And so the help that God has given us is the God kind of help. Not the help of the people around us, but the God kind of help. Can you look at him? The person, Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. The potential of the Holy Spirit. And the performance of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Oh! At available for us. Would you tap into it and use it for his glory? Father, we yield ourselves to you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that indwells us. Help us to appreciate him. Cherish his presence. Celebrate his presence. Yield to him. And live a life that is pleasing to him. If Jesus experienced the ministry of the Holy Spirit... How much more I and we need the ministry of the Holy Spirit to work in and through us so that we become efficient, effective. Grant us grace to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.